Welcome back to the CDM Podcast. You're now listening to exclusive Patreon content. Contagious Disciple Making exists to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. And now, part two. Hello, and welcome to the CDM Podcast. If you are listening to this podcast today, you are, this is the full version uh, of the uh, Summer of Fasting with CDM podcast that we had recorded earlier that we are naming this full version, Fasting for a Burden for Your City. This is a part of a campaign and initiative with our uh, Contagious Disciple Making in order to mobilize everyone to pray together, to fast, to have a time of fasting. And right now we're doing a summer of it on Wednesdays, encouraging everyone to fast on Wednesdays and to be praying for our, um, over our cities, over our nations, over our world together so that we can see, uh, first off that we can see the church revitalized, reactivated and repenting and, and being a part of this mission also for a disciple making movement, wherever we are, uh, happening. And then also to, to break down the barriers and evil deeds of what Satan is trying to do right now to oppress and to uh, destroy people and their lives. And all this, we're, we're, we're wanting to see God's kingdom come, his will done on earth as in heaven, to see transformation all across our cities, and that we are going to be banding together in prayer as we move forward. As CDM, we're wanting to build this literal global movement of prayer, and we invite you to join us and be a part of this, and, par- and part of this will be our summer of fasting together. Inside of this full podcast, we talk about first off the the importance of fasting, especially for such a time as this. About halfway through the podcast, you're going to find we're going to specifically talk to you about how to use our prayer and fasting devotional. That is, you can find that inside of our Contagious Disciple Making app. You can download that in any app store and inside. Uh, in the carousel, if you swipe, you'll see prayer and fasting guide. You can click on that, view it and download it and share it with your friends as well and have them be a part of this and what we're doing together too. have your friends download the app as well to be updated on our events and everything as we, we band together for what we're trying to do to see prayer mobilized in this global prayer movement and uh, email us at team at contagious disciplemaking.com to get help on how to be able to mobilize prayer movement across your city and to participate in our growing global prayer movement and community together. And so now uh, I'll be talking about this with one of the people that helped us develop the devotional uh, Michael Dorsett, uh, pa- pastor out of Liberty, Texas. So I hope you enjoy the the full version of this. This is first going out as a uh, preview for our um, supporters at um, patreon.com slash faithworks. You can become a supporter and through that, be able to support us in the mission to creating new content for uh, and uh, to be mobilizing prayer in this way as a thank you this is being previewed uh on uh, through our patreon.com but then it will eventually become a free to all of those who will listen and be a part of what we're trying to do in prayer so thank you and enjoy the podcast 
You are listening to the CDM podcast. Today's podcast, Fasting for a Burden for Your City, will focus on developing a heart like God's for the city you live in through prayer and fasting together with CDM over the summer. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. Download the CDM app. Come and join the growing platform where you can access our praying community of disciple makers and learn from our podcast, blogs, and videos that will help you know how to make disciples in your life and ministry. While you're on there, you can support this podcast by following the link to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash faithworks. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash faithworks. Your support allows us to continue to offer and create new content and support disciple makers like you transform their communities with the gospel of the kingdom. As a thank you, those who give at least $5 a month will have access to our premium content that dives even deeper into challenges and tips for disciple making. So welcome guys today, um, Rebecca here, and I'm talking with Michael Dorsett, uh, pastor out of Liberty, Texas. He has been with us on some recent travels uh, across, you know, talking to people about disciple-making movement and has been a longtime friend of our community. Hey, Michael, how are you doing today? Doing great, Rebecca. Thanks for um, having me on. Looking forward to our discussion today. Yeah, um, Michael has partnered up with Paul and I on creating a fasting devotional. It's a small one that we put together and you can find it on our contagious disciple-making app. Uh, when you go in there and you look up under prayer right now, I do believe it's still in the top carousel. You just swipe over and be able to look at it, download it, share with your friends. But essentially uh, we put this together because God has placed on us a burden to be mobilizing large amounts of prayer for our world, for movements across the world, as well as just a burden to get people fasting and seeking God's face for such a time as this. Hence why we the theme of it is even being burdened for your city. And this is something that is a passion of uh, Michael and his churches, uh, prayer and fasting in that. And, you know, uh, Michael, a lot of, there may be some people out there that are very disconnected with this idea of, of fasting and, you know, why we need to fast and things like that. But, you know, we see that's just something very important in scripture and that's something you point out. Yes. Um, I can remember, you know, fasting for me in my own personal journey. Um, I'd been a Christian for several years before I really started wrestling with the fact that, man, this subject is highly prevalent in scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. And uh, I began to uh, wrestle with that with, with the Lord, just like, you know, because it, it kind of, my thought process was, it seems like this is what they did back in antiquity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we Surely we shouldn't do that today. God wants us to eat, you know, because he's blessed us so much. But, you know, but like when I read Matthew chapter six, when you fast, it became clear to me that God wasn't, he wasn't telling us, you know, if you feel like doing this, you know, on occasion, go ahead and try it, you know, give this a try. So for my life, I, I started, and I think this was probably around 2005 or six, when I really started trying to fast at just a, you know, a funny story after reading Matthew chapter six and that Sermon on the Mount, I, I'd honed in on the Sermon on the Mount about that time, like, okay, this is, appears like what we should do as Christians. You know, this seems important to, to Jesus. So I so said, I'm going to fast. And uh, I did a three-day fast where I had liquids only. <laughs> and, 
I mean, I just jumped right in. Yes, kind of. It's just like why? Why go around to the kiddie pool? Just go right in there. That's what my wife always says. You don't do anything halfway. You always jump in with both. (laughs) So I said, okay, I'm going to fast, and it was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and and back then I was working construction, so um, I'm working outside in the heat, and and I just jump in, you know, (laughs) for for three days. I go through what was like um torture <laughs> I felt so bad I didn't even pray it was it was funny. it was it was quite an experience but um so you know I kind of uh, that experience helped me though to understand what God's calling us to do in fasting um and how it should always be coupled with praying but um I even learned things through that and it began my journey of um of fasting and praying and, and really obeying God's word Mm-hmm. and commence too fast so it's a funny story but um I always tell that when I'm teaching on fasting because I want people to understand like you know hey it, as a term you guys use it at CDM frequently we fail forward um right. that was my first uh experience with failing forward um, right so. it's it, another term that we use is it's awkward until it's not and so uh so in other words yes it but we, but you know, the great news is that God takes our our feeble first steps when it's out of a genuine desire to to obey Him and not just to get something out of Him. And and for me, that's something that I have been learning through as I started my journey with fasting because my thought was, oh, praying to Him meant that you know, fasting meant that I was really serious about this and I really wanted Him to say yes to what I really. And if I really proved myself, you know, that, you know, his, he would, he would answer and his will would be done. And I think predominantly a lot of times that, I mean, while that is true, we fast when we that you know, for huge problems and issues that we want to see God work in it, it, first off, he wants to do something in us. He wants us to get into a place where we catch his heart and, and get connected with him. And, and for me, it's, it's, it's a time to mourn, you know, and this is actually something that as we have started calling our community to mourn, which by the way, um, Wednesdays is the day that we, over the summertime, we're wanting to call everybody in our CDM community and to, for them to be calling their friends to fast just on Wednesdays and that we pray and, and fast together. Um, that as people started doing that, they're starting to realize, you know, I, God has been teaching us to mourn and that that's okay. We've gotten into our Christian cultural place where we're like, we're always supposed to be happy and we're all supposed to be at peace. And we're always supposed to be, you know, saying God's in control. And because he's in control, I can be happy and I can be at peace at all times. And it, and, 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 and that's a distortion of where the Bible says there's times to mourn and there's, and there's times to break our hearts over what is breaking God's heart. And, and I think that, you know, if we, and, and this is how I, I, I explain to people is like, listen, if you're, if your child got abducted, you would be so distraught and desperate to see them come back that you would forget to eat. Probably you'd be like, forget this. I I can eat later. You know, this is, this is what's really important. And so does our mourning even bring us to a place where we're like, I don't, I don't even need to eat. I just need to seek God's face and I want to see him work and I need him 
right now. And uh, which I think leads a lot to a point that you often make, um, Michael, is that, you know, that, that passage in Matthew 9 that you often talk about. Yeah, you know, and your example is a great one. And I think you can learn something from, because, you know, let's say someone, you, you have a friend that they have a close family member that passes away. You know, you often have to tell them, hey, you need to eat mm-hmm. because they're, they're, they're mourning. Right. Like, and, and, and to your point, right. you just forget to eat. And <laughs> really, that mourning has probably suppressed your appetite too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I think as Christians, you, you take that example and what God is asking us to do is volunteer, voluntarily embrace that um that idea of, of the like the example you use you often have to tell people to eat well when we embrace that on the front end and say hey i'm voluntarily voluntarily choosing to deny my flesh because i want to enter into something with the lord um that brings me to a place of yes. of mourning but uh it's also you know in that matthew 9 passage uh, Jesus's question, why aren't his disciples fasting? You know, like the Pharisees and John's disciples. Well, Jesus answers them and says, why would they fast? I'm with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, there will come a day when I'm going to be taken away and then they will fast because they will mourn. Mm-hmm. And you know, it goes into the passage about the old wineskins, the new wineskins. But what I, when I read that, I see, you know, what he was saying is my, my disciples are going to voluntarily embrace this lifestyle of fasting and prayer, because number one, they're going to long to be with me. Exactly. And he, he uses bridegroom language uh, when he, when he talks about that, he's the, he calls his, his disciples, the friends of the bridegroom. And I, I and I often think about, um, you know, you mentioned I was in San Diego with you and Paul last uh, week and a half ago. When I'm away from my bride, I long to be with her, mm-hmm. you, you know, right? So, so I, when I read that passage, and I, even I look at mourning as not necessarily a, a bad thing, it's a longing. It's a mm-hmm. longing to, to honor and be with my bridegroom king, who's Jesus. And uh, I'm voluntarily choosing to deny my flesh to uh, what I like to say is, you know, we're we're denying our flesh to give our spirit man the upper hand mm-hmm. you know, to, to yes. silence the voice of the flesh so that I can tie into what God is saying and doing, because we know fasting is not moving God. <laughs> fasting does things in us. So that Matthew nine passage is key. And uh, I think it really, when we see it from, I need to voluntarily embrace this lifestyle of fasting and prayer, um, not of, Oh, I just have to do this. So that removes the legalism from it and really helps us enter into the benefits of what God's called us to do in fasting. I really, I really love those pictures because, you know, are we desperate to be connected to God in his presence? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, you know, the, the things of this world kind of distract us and keep us from really being able to lean in and be able to perceive him and what he's trying to say to us and to enjoy his presence. And even as you said, denying our flesh gives our spirit a leg up and being able to, to do that. And, you know, I, 
how long has it been since we've been so desperate as a, the people of God to, to have his presence, to have him talk to us, to have, you know, him work in and among us that we're like, you know, forget this food. We don't need it. We need him. And, and to come to that place of, of mourning and desiring such that deep, desperate desire of being able to have him among us. And, and I think, again, this, this really speaks to the times that we're in and how we desperately need God. We don't just need, you know, food and lower gas prices and, you know, inflation to go down and, you know, recipes. We, of course we need all these things, but what we need even more is God. And, and so, you know, the, and so when we're, when we're looking at something that we're trying to do with CDM and, 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 and movement, seeing disciple making movement, seeing a revitalization of the church, we have to have these practices um, and, uh, and also to recognize times in which we have to seek his face, you know, first off for his guidance, we just were talking about, we desire to hear from him. Well, in order to be able to do this thing, <laughs> this incredibly complicated, big thing, we need his wisdom. We need his guidance and everything that we do in it. And when we fast, when we seek his face, when we pray, we're going to be thinking of things we normally wouldn't have. We're, we're going to be seeing solutions we normally wouldn't see because God is helping us and, and showing us and revealing his secrets to us. Like it says in Daniel, revealing to us the things, the wisdom that we need because wisdom comes from him. Um, and also we pray in order to break down barriers and attacks. You know, Michael, you were, you know, as we were in San Diego and stuff, we're starting in, we we're seeing even just the barriers inside of America that as we're just trying to do simple things to talk to people about movement, that, that the forces of Satan are, are actively fighting against it, causing illness, causing, you know, uh, things just blow up and happen to where people can't come and, you know, all this, this, this random things that are happening that see that, which again, they're, they're too co coincidental to not be in intentional. And we have to realize that the Satan is active in and amongst us and has set up strongholds. We're not in a time of peace. Because that, again, back to that, when we voluntarily say, I'm, I'm going to deny myself because I am in a war. We are in a fight. You know, God clearly tells us in scripture, he's given us weapons of warfare to tear down strongholds. Um, and fasting is one of those. And, uh, you know, as we looked at, at San Diego, you know, I, I think one of the things that when you, when you bring fasting into the picture, you're unifying people around um, what you, you know, your objectives that the Lord has said do, but I, I think that that voluntary decision by each believer to join in to what God is saying and doing really um, helps us to unite and be more obedient because we're just saying, hey, look, I'm I'm not, <laughs> I'm going to set aside these days to hear what God has to say, and I think it says. You know, I wanted to say this, Rebecca, about just a practical thing about when you fast. Mm -hmm. You know, when you deny yourself, what you're actually saying is, I'm I'm removing all the things that I trust in. Mm. 
so that I, I can trust in God more. Oh, um, you know, I, I, I need food for, for substance. And, you know, I keep using the term voluntary because um, you'll find when you start fasting for any length of time, things start happening naturally. You, your brain gets foggy, you yeah. make mistakes, you're tired, um, you know, your body starts detoxing. So you have like bad breath and, and all, all kinds of things. Oh, don't blame the fasting on your bad breath. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yes, what, what is it saying? Like, I am embracing that because mm-hmm. I need God. Yes. And we need him. So when we talk about in terms of a place like San Diego or your city where you live, yes, we need God to break in. I, I, not some like cool uh, idea that Pastor Michael came up with or Rebecca or who, oh, this is a wonderful, well thought out idea. Nothing wrong with those things, but we need God to come in because yes. we're talking about wrestling with the, the princes of the powers of the air. Look, man, I'm a weak human. I need his power. And uh, I want to, to enter into those disciplines that he's given us as weapons of our warfare. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the one way I really look at it when I, in, when, when, I terms, when I speak in terms of voluntarily entering into fasting. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that's so needed, you know, so, and Michael, as a pastor, you know, um, let me just ask this question right now. How has fasting, as you have led your people in fasting, how has it affected your people as a church? Well, so our church has always been heavy on, on, um, on prayer. Like we see the need for prayer. We, we do these prayer sets, uh, twice a day, um, where our people come together corporately at noon and 5 PM to pray together. Um, but over the years, we, years back, we also started seeing in the scripture again, we, you, you look at scripture, fasting, fasting. Um, so, you know, we, we do, uh, kind of, <laughs> I think, you know, a lot of churches always do the, the beginning of the year fast, right? You know, mm-hmm. January. And, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tongue in cheeking that, but the truth not is, a, I think, not every church does that, but I just, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, it, it can just become routine, you know, routine. Yeah, even fasting church, can become routine. Yes. Yes. Like particularly <laughs> for our church, because we, we embrace it wholeheartedly. But I think there's something to be said about, you know, first fruits, giving God your first, and that's the first month of the year. So we're setting Mm -hmm. our hearts. Okay, this is 2022 in January. We're going to set our hearts to obey you for all of 2022, just Mm -hmm. like we did in 2021. And we know that if we'll set aside this first fruits, you're going to bless the rest of the time, not that it's going to be easy. Not that everything's going to be right. Peachy. You'll be with us. You will be with us. And again, my fasting is not moving God. It's setting my heart right. and my mind to say, for the year, I'm going to seek his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, th- so, and what a perfect time when you're bloated from all the Christmas food and everything. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and you know, everybody else is doing New Year's re- resolutions. So there you, <laughs> you go. Know, you're fast. <laughs> But so, you know, that's one way we do it. And then throughout the year, as we're praying and seeking God's face, um, 
we will call people to extended fasts one week, two weeks, maybe a month sometimes. But another thing we do um, that we encourage our people to do um, the first Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of every month, uh, take those three days to fast and pray. Mm. Um, again, it's tied to that first fruit principle of, and do it in January, the first of this month, just re resetting for myself. I'm resetting. I'm seeking God this month. I am going to take these, these days to not eat, um, and, and spend that time where I would be eating, praying. And that's really the journey, you know, of telling people, okay, it's one thing to fast, but, you know, if you're fasting lunch, let's say, don't just fast lunch and then sit there and whip out the newspaper. Right. You know, take your, the time. There's a you, difference between starving yourself and yes, fasting. Yes. <laughs> take the time you would be eating and pray. Mm -hmm. Open up your scripture. Even at work, you can get, get alone by yourself or if there's some other believers. Um get together and, and take out some a passage of scripture that's talking about fasting and which we're going to get into talking about how to use the, the God we created. But, mm -hmm. but that's how we've led our church as leaders when, um, or a perfect example, you talked about all ago a crisis. We've had crises come up. Hey, we're going to fast. And we, we get on all right. our social, our social media platforms and our app that we have. And Hey, we're going to fast for the next day or two because so-and-so is in the hospital mm. and uh, it's a dire situation. So we're going to, we're going to stop all we're doing in terms of what we do in our daily lives and just seek his face and pound heaven with the prayers of the saints. Mm. Um, so that's really been the way we approach fasting from a leadership standpoint, in the church, um, you know, we're, we're obviously going to talk about it from the pulpit when we have services but we really use our social media platforms and our daily contact with our groups to, to disseminate that out among the, the people, because, you know, as you know, me standing in the pulpit in front of 150 people, I, I'm not going to be able to know that everyone's joining in just from that place. You know, uh, and, and, you, you know, Michael, I, I really, I really love that where it's, it's the body is working together to be able to, to put God and, and his presence and his need uh, to guide and be the forefront of everything, you know, so let what some may not realize the, the scriptural basis for cor uh, corporate or, um, or public fasting. We see this predominantly in especially really across the entire <laughs> Bible. We see that, see them participating in this in the new Testament too, but it begins in the old Testament where, you know, God actually commands, you know, uh, Israel to say, Hey, when you see trouble, when you see pestilence, famine, you know, uh, enemies rise up, you know, that things happen, you need to come to this temple and you need to seek my face. Mm -hmm. and, and turn from any wickedness that you have. And in fact, Solomon prays this prayer in front of consecration in front of as, as the temple is opening. And that's where we get our, 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 our Chronicles 714 passage, where it says, if my people called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. 
And then I will hear that's where that's the context where it is. And after Solomon prays that prayer uh, in response to God and all these things, this God's presence fills the temple at that particular time. But we, we see that command all throughout scripture or to in the, in the old Testament with, with people like Jehoshaphat and Esther and Ezra and Joel, when there were significant battles and enemies, they'd cut, they say, okay, everybody fast and pray. And in fact, we even see like Jehoshaphat's prayer where he says, you know, God, here I am rolling this in front of you and saying, you told us when we have these big things to come and to seek Mm. your face. And that is why we're here. And, and God answers, he answers with, you know, instruction answers with guidance answers with, you know, sometimes destruction of their enemies and in a miraculous overturning to what is, is happening at times. And so, you know, the idea is, is that we see this in the scriptures. And I feel like nowadays, Michael, that we have more reason than ever to do this. You know, when the pandemic hit and all of us had to go into our, our, our homes and stuff, I feel like we had a real missed opportunity as a body of Christ, I feel like at that time, God was really calling the body of Christ to the world and, and America to say, seek my face. You know, that should have been a time where all of our pastors, all of our messaging was fast pray. You know, this is a humongous thing. Let us, let's turn from our sins. Let's seek his face. But predominantly what happened was it was kind of like, chill out guys, peace, God's in control means we don't have to do anything. We just need to sit back and have a bit of vacation. This will all be over soon. Everything be all right, you know, type of thing. And I feel like that's really kind of led to the lot of the things that we're seeing now that, you know, we see just an outpour of wickedness um, over the past couple of years and just more and more brokenness, this Romans one, people's minds being turned over to just foolishness and wickedness. And, and for me, I feel like this is what God is trying to teach us. Seek my face because what this world needs more than anything than a vaccine, than a new political leader, it needs me. That's right. Well, you know, thinking back through the pandemic before the pandemic, you know, I had a, I had a hard time being uh, empathetic for people that dealt with anxiety. Mm. Um, you know, cause, uh, my wife says I'm a Sherman tank and nothing bothers me, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so I had a hard time relating with people that, that struggled with anxiety. So as a, as a church, when the, when the pandemic came, you know, we, we, we leaned real heavily into the fact that, you know, God has called us um, out, outside of the, 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 the lockdowns and things, but God has called us as people to gather together, like to be with each other. So we saw like isolation is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when, when you get isolated, you know, uh, to your point, people were, were just jumping into isolation willingly. Like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and veg out on Netflix. Netflix. But, you know, what we did as a church uh, in Texas, they were like, you know, you can, you can stream your services online and, 
you can have 10 people in the building, right? Mm-hmm. So we got together, me and uh, our pastoral team, and we're like, okay. Well, for the first two weeks of the lockdown, we, we had prayer every day. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did from, uh, I think we would do it from noon to four or something in, in hour, two hour set. So each two people would be assigned to do the prayer um, for that amount of time. And we would rotate out and we'd have, I think we, we, we grew our prayer staff to about 55 people in this time. <laughs> anyway, but my, my there point, we go. multiplication through, yeah. through well, trouble. <laughs> well, because we thought like, well, you know, just Sunday and Wednesday is not going to cut it. We need, right. This is a, 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 a horrible thing that's, that's being unleashed in the world. So, but in that time, I started dealing with major anxiety. Mm. Like, so, and it was strange because, you know, before that, I was like, this, you know, people just get over it. Like, just push through. <laughs> I was, and I was dealing with, and I, I wasn't able to push through, but it was, it, and I, I say this now it was the prayer room that saved me. Mm. It really was. Yeah. And when we decided to do that, I had a commitment uh, that I had to be every day of going to the prayer room because we were streaming it because we wanted our people to join in and have, you know, yeah. connection the best way we could. But it was in his presence. I was saved from, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to seriously, I was going to go crazy, but I didn't, I just thought, what are, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to happen? But to your point, when we seek him, that's when we find out we seek his face. And when crisis comes, that should be our go-to. Right. And you see that in the scripture you brought up, um, uh, Jehoshaphat. Then, but I always think of Joel, chapter, you know, the, the prophet Joel. Mm-hmm. What he, and what does he say? Blow the trumpet at Zion. Call a sacred assembly. So mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, destruction's coming. The prophet said, <laughs> you Jews are about to be destroyed. So what do you need to do? Yeah. Call a sacred assembly, fast, pray, mm-hmm. call into the Lord, our God. Right. And, and to, as a, the church of, of the Lord, that should be our response every time when we uh, encounter things like a pandemic. I totally agree. And in fact, you know, even right now where a lot of people kind of wonder, like, is a places like America are, are, is this it basically for us? Are we just going to, the, the, the judgments are just going to continue to roll and that's going to be it for us. Well, you know, you even look at the passages in Jonah where Nineveh, this incredibly wicked city and God's only message to them that Jonah says is you're going to (laughs) die. So yeah. And, and what did they, (laughs) and what do they do is that they're, they, they entire nation, we're going to fast and we're going to, to pray because what if Mm -hmm. God will be merciful and God, and guess what God was, and that's exactly what he wanted. And that's the thing is that is no matter how bad it gets, guys, if we seek his face, if we turn from our wicked ways. God will be gracious to us. 
So, uh, you know, guys, this is why we we put together the themes that we have of, of desperate ends that this particular fasting devotional focuses on uh, the ba- not only the basics of fasting, but basically like what is it supposed to do in us? It's supposed to create a sense of desperation. It's supposed to bring action and consecration. It's supposed to, and, and this one, especially we're wanting to develop that heart like God's for the lostness and the brokenness that we see in and around us. So let's take a look at this devotional. So again, this is in our Contagious Disciple Making app. You can look it up on any app store, be able to download for free um, inside the carousel. Uh, in other words, a swipey thing at the top. Uh, you can be able to swipe over, find it, click on it and, and everything. So you can look at it inside the app. You can download it. You can share it with your friends. But essentially, we're going to be looking at this devotional and showing like how how can we use this? You know, so first off, this particular way of praying, you can do it. We, we encourage you to do it personally, but then also with friends and as a church community. And finally, also with our global CDM community. So uh, first off, guys, you know, let's hit, you know, when you when you look at this particular devotional, what you'll find is each entry has a passage at the top it has maybe a couple of sentences of why we chose this passage and then it has a series of questions in which you can journal about this so and and they're divided in three different sections praying for your city praying for the church capital c church in other words the body of christ in your area and then also praying for yourself and so in, in, in each of these questions, it follows this kind of, of, of questions like, what in my city hurts your heart? How do you long to, what do you long to see happen in my city? And so what we're doing is that we're at that, those particular moments, especially as you're doing it personally, is that you're asking God this question and you're listening to him. You're spending time listening to him and talking back and forth with him about these things and writing down some of the things that have come to mind in each of these areas. And, and some of these questions, you know, they talk about what do we do and who do we specifically pray for? So guys, yes, there's going to be general prayers that we put out there, but the whole point is, is that this is a, this is a journey of getting to more and more specific of getting God's guidance and what he wants us to do in response to this burden that he's, that we're and our connection with him, you know, Michael, for you, when, when we're talking about, you know, praying to God, trying to listen to him and and talk with him, what are some of the things that you've seen and learned in this process, as well as maybe how you help other people in this? Well, uh, a couple of things. The first thing I would say is having, I have found in my journey personally and mobilizing and and helping others pray when you have something like this guide we've created or um, you could even say like a prayer list I find that people that have something like this pray more than people that don't Mm. Um, you know because it it, it's again it's just a tool I mean you know we're not trying to say our our guide is inspired or anything but (laughs) what, what, what we are saying though is it's a tool to help us again focus our thoughts but, you know, I think a principle in prayer that's so pivotal is 
God, what is on your heart? Mm. You know, because I can, I can look with my own natural eyes and see, um, you know, like if there's a, a city with homeless, you know, that's kind of pretty easy to pick out that God wants to help people that are right broken. But, but what if his heart is to actually reach the affluent in your city? Mm. But we wouldn't think. And so you're, you're, you're approaching this fasting and prayer time. Oh, I, I really, I need to come up with an idea to reach the homeless. And as you're praying, the Lord just gives you a deposit of what about the people on main street in town that are the affluent of your city, you know, who are poor spiritually. Yes. Who are poor spiritually. So it's pivotal that when we're praying, we're, we're Lord, you, you're the one that leads us. What is exactly on your heart towards the place I live? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so pivotal because um, we can miss out on what God's wanting to do while we're actually doing something that we think is godly, or, I mean, and, you know, going to help the homeless is godly, but, um, and we should do that. But if God is saying, look, I really want you to focus over here, Mm -hmm. then we're being disobedient if we're not following his leading. Um, So I think the guide helps us with those questions that we put in there. What, you know, what do you long to see happen in my city, Lord? Mm -hmm. I know what I want. You know, I want the Astros to win the world series. (laughs) <laughs> but, but what do you want to see happen you know um, absolutely absolutely and, and i think that's that helps us and and so you know guys uh, again we get into where we're praying for this both because we're trying to do battle in the spirit in the sense of that you know we want to see evil broken down and we're praying against it we're praying for that but then also we're praying for guidance for god to guide us and what he wants us to do and how he wants us to change and that's why we have some some uh, pass, uh, not passages, questions in here, like, what do you want me to do? Or how do you want us to change? How do you want me to change in and through this? And this gives us a, an ability to allow God to, to search us and know us and to, to sit and tell us, you know, what is it that we need to be changing in and about ourselves? And guys, one thing I really encourage you to do is to that the point of this is to ask these questions in light of the passage that you just were reading to use the scripture as an additional means of being able to see what God wants you to see in these things. You know, these questions can be used with any passage that you bring up. Uh, But, but again, for me, and this is, and this is for me, I hear the most from God when I pair this kind of praying with scripture. When I, because I get the most amount of what I feel insight into what God's trying to say to me in all these situations, as I'm reading, just something will pop out of the scripture and grab me. And, and then I, in my mind, I can see flashes of how that applies to what I am particularly dealing with right then. And that is. And so we, we have to recognize that God speaks to us in a, in a voice, but also through his word predominantly. So, you know, first off, guys, this is, we're talking to you how to be able to do this personally. Make sure you write out the things that this, but then also doing this with others. You know, we want to encourage you to find other people to do this with you. So your friends, your, your family, your, you know, the other people, your, your church family, and 
to either say like, you know, so we as CDM, we were calling Wednesdays as a fast, as a fast time. So maybe reaching out to some of your friends saying, hey, I want to do this fast together. Can we meet on Wednesdays to pray, you know, at a coffee or lunch or, you know, whatever, or on a Zoom call, if you can't actually all be in the same room always together. Um, at, at the very least, I would encourage you to say, you know, well, let's, let's at least share our individual experiences at, set, at weekly at some point, like before our small groups or, you know, um, right before we get into church, maybe we hang out afterwards for a little bit and talk about what God's showing us and things like that. Because again, we're talking about this fasting and praying and seeking God's face should be something that be shared with the people that are around us. And it shouldn't be just about us and what we're trying to do with, 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 with God. It's about all of us doing this together. So, you know, we, Michael was just talking about doing this with your church community. You know, we can't always control what our church does. You know, we're not always the pastor. We're not always some leader or whatever, but if you, first off, you are, you can really be able to, to call your church. And if you've never done that before, there's power in this. Um, but then even as a person who is just attending, you can go to various different church leaders, say, okay, can we, can we try this? Is there some, there's there a, a one service or, or one, you know, ask our small groups to try this, you know, one particular week you know, where we ask the day of the small group that we fast and we do, and when we get together, we pray, you know, or something. Is there some way that we can be able to, to try this out, to be able to help us see God's face? And, but you, you, Michael, as a pastor, you know, perhaps there are some, some pastors or some church leaders um, that are listening to the podcast right now. How have you helped your people corporately fast and pray together and in these different times like what what did that look like and how did you mobilize it and make it happen you know when you to me when you're talking about in terms of pastoral or or any sort of leadership within a, a church community what i always tell people um it starts with you being the practitioner mm-hmm. um so we, we lead out front in that and pastors here, we're, we're going to, you know, I, I am joining, joining in with the CDM on Wednesday, but that's my day to fast every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I fast every Wednesday cause we, we're trying to, to set that up, um, you know, for, in people's lives of, Hey, you, this should be a, a, something you do frequently throughout your life not just even when we have the january's or the the one in june or, or whatever but right. your, your weekly life should be centered around fasting and prayer so um but we 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 roll that out again using our uh communication platforms but we found that it really works best when our different leaders of groups are rolling it out personally into their groups, whatever that group is, whether it be a DMC mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, children's ministry staff, whatever. Um, we're, we're sending it out that way because, uh, you know, when I, when you were talking just a minute ago, I was thinking, man, the only thing worse than fasting is fasting by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, because, You'll, you'll be in there. I mean, it's one thing to fast for, I can power through one day, but 
-hmm. if you say in your heart, like even with what we're doing at CDM of once a week, Mm -hmm. you know, on Tuesday, you'll think to yourself, oh, we're fasting tomorrow. But, you know, I've got something really big Wednesday afternoon, so I need to eat. There could be a temptation just not to do it. It can be a temptation not to do it. So when you have others doing it with you, they can encourage you. And so we rely heavily on that. And our communication through our group leaders um, helps get that out because we want them talking with each other. I know there's, you know, people bring up, well, the scripture says when you fast, you know, clean yourself up. Don't, don't yell at. That's well, been, yeah, that's yes. been overused to me. Yes. We don't ever corporately fast or pray yes. or encourage that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, that's not what that scripture means. No. <laughs> so, cause when we do this together, I, I think God has set us up as the body of Christ. Right. And uh, we're so individualized as Americans. Um, we tend to think, well, it's all about me personally. It is about you personally, but there's, there's power and encouragement. In it's doing also it. about us corporately. It's corporately. It's, and it's, it's Jesus commands that too. Mm-hmm. It's not just like you and I discovered this cool little idea. No, Jesus expects us. I mean, the two great commandments, love him with all your being. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor. So that is really the, the thing we're, we're pushing out in our community. And we do that through the practitioner of ourselves, but helping our leaders when we communicate with them in our meetings, whether it be a staff meeting or um, the guys that, that each pastors over in personal one-on-one meetings, we're sending that out to the community because we, we know it'll, if we can funnel it out that way, it's not just, um, well, I learned this principle from you guys when I started with CDM about mobilizing people to pray. You know, it's one thing to call people to something, but to mobilize them, mobilizing is different. So it it takes more than just saying it from the pulpit. It takes more than just saying it from on your social media channels. It it takes relationship with your leaders. Um, And in terms of what you said about like, what if you're not a pastor? You know, you have friends and brothers and sisters in Christ that you do stuff with all the time. And it's a conversation. Hey, I'm going to fast next week. And for the summer, I'm going to do Wednesdays. Would you like to come along with me and join me in this journey? Um, that's the way we approach it. And I think I remember also you, you saying earlier about like, you know, there, whenever you're trying to do special times of, of prayer and fasting that you have had maybe some special times that where you've called your church together for prayer and that you say, Hey, this, this week, we're going to have a fast and then we're, we're coming together and praying at, at certain times. Yeah, we, we actually did that for the, um, 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Um, the week before election day, um, we decided, Hey, listen, this election is going to be, um, you know, no matter how it turns out, it's not going to be good for our country because half the country is going to be mad either way. <laughs> and, um, so we said, what do we do? What, what do we do when we see crisis coming? We, we fast and pray. We fast and pray. So for a week, we called our, our church community the whole entire week coming up, we uh, met outside in our parking lot uh, each night from, I think it was uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Um, and we would have worship and prayer. We did similar to what this guide is. So we would, we would have worship and then 
someone would come up with a prompt and we would unify around what the prompt was to pray specifically when we had scripture references like joel chapter two and different things like that that we were praying over our nation mm-hmm. um and that really it was awesome like we we had like a hundred people a night mm-hmm. for for seven nights come out which was quite incredible it was encouraging um but really what it did was it allowed us to unify around what god was what we we were trying to hear what god was saying and doing so we knew praying seeking his face together in a unified way was going to be the best thing we could do for our nation you know and and i think it's really important what you're saying so how would you use like these questions or this kind of format in a group setting well you get up you read the passage and then you give one of the questions one of the prompts and then you kind of let people listen and popcorn pray in other words you know just let people one person prays for 30 seconds another bit but a lot of people will say <clears throat> praise you fell late fell led and and allows people to be able to have this conversation with each other and with god over this particular passage and and the prompt that they're doing and then once it seems appropriate you know closing out that one and going to the next scripture the next prompt that you have and that's how predominantly we do things within also cem when we're trying to to help mobilize people to pray as groups together you know over certain things so lastly guys we want you to be able to be praying with the cdm community so one of the things we're trying to do with CDM is to build global, a global community of praying people. You know, we it's good that we, and we want people to be praying in their local areas, but we want people to be praying across their regions and also across the globe. And so we have been, you know, developing ways that you could do that. You know, first off, we have a CDM pay, prayer page where you could go and you can, you post your prayer request and prayers for each other on there. It's in our app. You just go and you click the button, you ask to get let in and you can start with that process. But each week guys, when we're doing our prayer and fasting, there's going to be a post uh, that's going to be pinned to the top. That's going to say, okay, this is this week's passage. Put in the comments, what God is showing you and your prayers. I cannot tell you how much that the people around us that have been doing this not you get such edification and enjoyment out of reading prayers that were prayed for them or that the prayers of the saints together and we actively see breakthroughs at, because again these are genuine prayers that we're praying for each other and you could just imagine it being just like little letters <laughs> being flown across the you know the internet uh, to be able for us to be able to actually read and and perceive them, and so it's a real way for us to be praying no matter where we are, uninhibited, uninhibited by time and location and all the different type of stuff. The second way is our prayer meetings, Wednesdays from eight fifteen to nine fifteen a.m. PST. We get uh, there's a link inside the app under events. You can join us and pray with us in these ways that we sing, and we're going to be fasting and praying together. We just opened up a evening prayer time every other Tuesday nights from 5 to 6 p.m. PSD that you'll be able to see and be a part of as well. You can find that inside our app underneath events to look at that. And so we're asking people to join us and to be literally encouraging the people around you, not only to pray together, but to pray with us and with people from across land masses where we have 
California praying for Texas and Texas praying for Senegal and Senegal praying for Germany and Germany praying for Boston, for all of us to be praying together as a global community, a body of Christ in this. Um, lastly, guys, I want us to just walk through real fast a few of the, the main focuses that we have within this devotional, like the, the different passages that we, we've chosen in here, which that was an interesting process. It, we could give you this endless list of, of passages we could have put in here, but why we chose these particular passages and what is the main point that we were trying to get people to see in it. Uh, the first passages, and a lot of these were suggested by, by you, Michael, um, were kind of similar in theme. So Isaiah 58, I suggested Isaiah 51, and then you were suggesting John 14 to 15. Just kind of this theme of what is fasting? What should be the result of our fasting? It leads us to do something. It helps us to uh, actually not just be abstract in our thinking towards God, but actually do something. And I think these passages, um, those three passages there also show that fasting itself does something. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we all often think of fasting and praying together, but fasting itself actually does something like Isaiah 58 says, you know, it looses the bonds of wickedness. Mm -hmm. And so fasting is doing something. It's a spiritual discipline that, that is doing something, which is why we chose those those uh passages there exactly because the thing is is that when we're fasting we're supposed to be repenting we're supposed mm -hmm. to be also returning to obedience to what god has told us to do and so in isaiah 58 it says that it's to help the poor it's to do justice it's to help the oppressed and you know that's why i'm not listening to your prayers because you're just praying and you're not doing you're not obeying you're not repenting you know and actually turning from your wickedness you know we just remarked right before this uh this uh call um michael that you know we like to to use the chronicles 714 passage and just pray but we just miss that part where it says turn from your wicked ways part of it and then we wonder why god doesn't hear us and say well we didn't complete what a fast is really supposed to be about and so Guys, if if when we fast and we pray, it doesn't lead us to change. It doesn't lead us to do something. It doesn't lead us to more obedience and we're doing it wrong. And so we, we need to make sure that's really important. Now, Michael, another passage you thought was really important that I have I really have come to appreciate all the more is Matthew 17, where it talks about uh, the man that was um, that that had brought uh, his child and the disciples couldn't cast out the demon that was in them. And, you know, Jesus asked him, well, you know, do you believe I, I believe help thou mine unbelief. And that, you know, um, Jesus was able to speak and cast out the demon. And he turns and says, listen, if you have faith, you could do this, but demons like this only come out without doesn't come out without fair prayer and fasting. That's the passage that we're talking about here. And you were saying that, Belief, unbelief, and fasting are connected. Yeah, and that, and that's when you read that passage of scripture. Um, he he literally says that to his disciples. It was because of your unbelief this one didn't come out. Mm. And then he says, "This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting." So, as I read that, I one day it occurred to me that 
oh, prayer and fasting is helping to build my faith because it's rooting out unbelief in my, in my heart. So, um, Absolutely. you know, and I, you know, I've encountered many demons in my time and you don't want to uh, not be able to cast said demon out. So <laughs> make, <laughs> make, sure, make sure you don't want to be those seven sons of Skiva. Um, <laughs> you know, but all joking aside, that scripture really, wow. You know, we all, we all wrestle with unbelief. So prayer and fasting will, will root that out of our, our hearts. In fact, even what you were saying earlier, when, you know, guys, you know, sometimes we can mental, we can, we can parrot the belief. I believe God can overcome this. I believe he wants us to see movement. I believe that he wants it to, that, that he answers prayer. I, I believe all these things. Um, that I believe that he want he, there that the harvest is white and ripe unto harvest, and I just need to to follow through. And God will say, we can parrot those things with our mouths, but is it something we really believe in our hearts, and it comes out in what we're doing? And so this fasting can get us re, really what it does is it gets us to a deeper sense of yes, this is what God because he because now I'm more connected with him. My faith has grown, and I feel like even in your story earlier, Michael, when you're saying that you were overcome with anxiety. It's like, I'm sure if anybody asked you at that time, you know, is God in control, you know, and is it, is his promises true? You would say yes, you know, or whatever, but you weren't feeling it at that particular point, but the prayers helped you be able to overcome that unbelief and be able to see that breakthrough even in your own heart. And so, you know, guys, when we're, when we're dealing with these things, we can come to a greater faith. Uh, in the promises of God. And that thrusts us out into doing what he wants us to do, which is a lot like this John four, which is another passage we were thought were real. It was really important. And this is where um, the woman at the well was. Um, and the disciples, here's Jesus waiting by the well and the disciples go off to find food. And he gets to have this great encounter with this woman. And she goes off and is in the process of telling everybody, I found him. I found the Messiah. Come, come talk, come talk to him. And the disciples come back to him with food. And I, Hey, here's the food. And, and, uh, you know, Jesus says, I have food that you don't know of. And right now I'm just imagine. I've always imagined him just kind of having this big smile on his face, you know, as and stuff. And the disciples be like, what, you know, like, did, so, did someone come by and give him food? What's going on? Yeah. And the thing is, we make to make fun of the disciples, but we're like this all the time. We just don't get it. And, you know, and Jesus like, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And then he turns around and says, the harvest is white and ripe and ready for the harvest. Pray that the Lord will send out more labors into his harvest. And this is a passage you felt was really important, Michael, for a few reasons. Yeah, well, I mean, you see, you see the clear... Um fasting implications towards it i mean he's not eating he needs to eat but he's he's uh not uh, i love the king james version he he tells them um i have meat that you know not not of so that tells us that meat's a good thing <laughs> throw in the good texan uh good texan plug for barbecue there yes you know? um but you know as we were looking at this passage because we kind of just brought that up from the fasting standpoint but as i was reading over it i said oh wow, he, he said, my food is to do the will of my father. Mm -hmm. And then what was the will of his father? 
that the harvest was ready. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. should go into the harvest. And I mean, I remember thinking, that, whoa, I'd never tied that together before. Mm-hmm. You know, as we were looking through preparing this guy, we had, we had just kind of threw that scripture passage around him. And I thought, whoa, fasting ties us into the harvest, which is yes. what we're all called to do, to go out among the lost and disciple them to Jesus and see that multiply. So um, it, that was probably, as we put this, uh, this um, guide together, like my big takeaway is, wow, Whoa, yeah. that's tied together. I've never seen it before. Well, you know, and, and that's the thing is, is that we, you know, that's the whole process of what God's trying to do, right, is give us more realization that, and the thing is, is as we, we have these questions is we're, we're praying, like, what is your heart for my city? As God tells his heart to us, and we're starting to feel the burden, the point isn't just for us to always just be like sitting here in our rooms. The point is, is that he's telling you, you go do something about it. Mm -hmm. Go talk to your neighbors, go get to know people, you know, address the evil that is happening in and among you, that you are supposed to be part of the answer to the prayers that you are praying to me. And, and, and so that's why we're saying, we see that in this passage. Now, guys, we've already talked about second Chronicles seven, and this is a, another passage we've chosen. It's where Solomon is praying in the temple. You know, when these bad things are happening, we need to come and fast to you. We've already talked about that. So fasting should be a response in times of trouble. I, I can tell you guys, I feel like we've really started to completely lose this as Christians. Times of, times of trouble, we mainly just only just mantra to ourselves, God's in control. While really we need to be praying and fasting and seeking his face and looking for guidance, looking for answers, looking if there's any, you know, sins we need to be repenting of. And that's because ultimately we need God and we need him to be our deliverer. And, and it's not just something that automatically happens without us seeking his face. He has actively said, I want a relationship with you, not for you to parrot a theological idea in your head and not talk to me. You know, the whole point is I'm supposed, we're supposed to be connecting here. You know, I, I agree with all that. I mean, again, I think what we're trying to really hammer across with, with these passages is what is our natural response when bad things happen? And it should be to seek his face. That should be like, <laughs> you know, when you squeeze an apple, apple juice comes out. Mm-hmm. When the Christian is squeezed, you know, what should come out? Jesus, the things that the, the Lord. So if we turn to him, when these things happen, when those squeezings come, that's, what's going to come out of us. And which is what we need in these, these days. The last one we wanted to talk about today is the second Chronicles 14 to 15. And we wanted to purposefully bring a passage in that showed that part of the seeking God's face was, uh, and this is, this is a passage, which Asa, you know, uh, became King and he just started cleaning house. He started ripping down the, the, the idols, he, and the high places and getting people to relearn how to follow God and getting the whole nation back on track and saying, we're, we are following God and he is our King and things like that. And, and I, and I can't think of Something that is more needed for us right now is to realize that our part of our Christian duty 
is to make to especially in places like America when it's a a government by the people and everything is that we need to address evil that fasting should lead us to actually addressing the evils that are happening in our communities to be confronting the spirit of the age that is right now to say and to be holding up a banner and saying we need to be a nation under God that we don't have to be a theocracy to say that Jesus is Lord all, all of all and saying that what he says is wrong is wrong. And we're going to follow that and we're not going to sanction it and we're going to stand for it. And, and, and to address these, the horrible things that are happening in our nation. And that's such a need for right now. I agree. Um, you know, what greater thing could we do than to stand for what's the truth? And it's also, it's not just when we're addressing evil, it's the, the most loving thing we could do. Exactly. I mean, you know, if there's a blind man walking towards a cliff and you sit, see it and don't warn him, you don't love that man. You're going to oh, let him walk yes. off to his death. And when we see these evils being perpetrated, um, first and foremost, this is dishonoring God. Yes. The one who created us, the one who is our Lord, the one who is our Savior, our King. And if we just sit back and just, oh, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> right. Right. You know, that, God, you know, whatever, you know, the kingdom is not of this world, mm-hmm. you know, kind that's of right. Yes. Uh, to me, that's the biggest display of not loving yes. others that we could do. And, and I think there's this false idea that, you know, the, the spirit of the ages you, you spoke of has, disseminated this inclusivity mm-hmm. of of all types of things when really it's isaiah chapter five you know they're going to start calling evil good and good evil and they have so, and they have that's exactly right <laughs> and, and what are the messengers of god always done throughout the scripture they've stood between god and the people and declared what god says and exactly. And you see that all throughout this, especially the Old Testament with the prophets. That's what they're doing. Hey, turn from your wicked ways. Yeah. And, and who knows if God will relent mm-hmm. and leave a blessing behind them, you know, but let's turn from our wicked ways. I think of the prophet Habakkuk, mm. you know, he says in Habakkuk chapter three, Lord, in your wrath, remember mercy. And uh, yes, as we stand there calling out these things. It is an act of love. It's not just a, a word making a, a political stance on we're right or left. No, we are right down smack of what God has said. And we're going to call that out because we love others. You know, and, and, I, and, and I can't help but not think of that picture of David and Goliath, where it's like all the nation of Israel was sitting there scared in front of this, this yeah. giant that's like, your God is nothing. And I, anybody who comes against me, I'm going to feed their flesh to the birds. And they're just like, uh, yeah, um, we're, you know, and they're just sitting there and David comes up like, who is this guy, you know, who defies the living God? Let me at him, you know, kind of thing, because he's like, this, this cannot stand this, this blasphemy, this, you know, and, and everything. And, and, and to me, a specific instance in our, in our nation right now, when I think of our public schools and what they're doing to our children and what they are, you know, um, just 
indoctrinating them and grooming them into sexual perversion and anti-God and everything to be kids that no longer can have a grasp of hold of what is true or who they are. You know, that's, that is so wicked. And so many Christians are just let turning a blind eye, letting it happen. Oh, that's so sad. And it's like, well, good thing. My kids are not in public school, you know? And it's like, well, but what about all those other kids? Mm-hmm. They may not be your kids, but they're somebody's kids. And quite frankly, as a nation, they are kids. And so therefore, is it loving for us to allow Satan to just prey on these children? And so, you know, we, we need to take action and fasting and praying is for us to do battle in the spirit that thrusts us to be able to battle in the physical, you know, people say my kingdom is not of this world, but yes, but however, he says, pray that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our job is to bring his kingdom down to live it out. And in so living people know what it's like to be the blessing being ruled by God. Um, So guys, thank you so much for talking with us about this particular idea of prayer and fasting and what it should lead us to. And, um, and having a burden for a city, our goal with CDM is to be able to see us starting prayer movements all across our cities, that this starts with a deep seated, you know, um, prayer and fasting among us. That's why we're declaring a fast on Wednesdays, but we're looking for people to be joining us and mobilizing prayer across their cities, as well as across it with us to do that in partnership with other people who are doing that in their cities for whole nations in the world. And so we'll be talking more and more about that as we move forward. But if you want to be able to learn how to be able to be a part in this and how to be able to mobilize prayer in your city, you know, contact us at CDM team at contagiousdisciplemaking.com, not discipleship team at contagious disciple making.com and and just say hey i want to be able to volunteer i want to be able to know how to do this in in my local areas and together guys we can be able to band together seek god's face and and be his hands and feet to see a turning of time to see movements happen a revitalization of the church that will transform our cities nations and world together so thank you so much, Michael, for being with us today, talking about prayer and fasting. You're welcome. Glad uh, or I, I was a privilege to be uh, being able to share some things we've learned through prayer and fasting over the years. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for your support, for supporting this podcast. Like, share, and rate, and review, and help us get the word out so that together we can help more people become disciple makers. Your support also allows us to continue to offer and create new content and support disciple makers like you transform their communities with the gospel of the kingdom. And as always, as a thank you, those who give at least $5 a month to our Patreon will gain access to our premium content that dives even deeper into the challenges and tips for disciple making. Uh, and you can get that at patreon.com slash faithworks. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks. This is Rebecca Ewing challenging you until next time, go and make disciples. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast and supporting us on Patreon. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at contagiousdisciplemaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app. Join us in the journey of becoming world-changing disciple makers.